0: On your Tuesday episode of Locked on Raptors, Kevin Durant is staying in the Eastern Conference for now. And what does that mean for the East? It seemed for a while there like the Raptors were a shoe-in to be at least the fifth seed, but the Nets complicate matters certainly. We'll dig into that. And also, we'll talk about some roster churn that's been going on for the Raptors over the last couple weeks as well. Bye-bye, Sfema. Hi, Luke. Welcome in Jarrett Culver, Jalen Harris, whoever the f- hell's going to fill that 20th spot. We'll get into all of that on today's episode as well with Vivek Jacob from Raptors.com. Oh, look, because when I shot I expected to make it. So, like, I don't shoot kind of miss. So.
1: You are Locked On Raptors, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
0: Hey, what's going on? Welcome to episode number twelve thirty six of Locked On Raptors for Tuesday, August the thirtieth. I'm your host Sean Woodley of RaptorsHQ.com. You can find me on Twitter as always at WoodleySean. You can find the show at Locked On Raptors, and you can follow, subscribe, to rate, and review the podcast for free on all your favorite podcast apps. It's very much appreciated when you support the show there. You can also go to YouTube and support the podcast each and every day in video form. It's free. There's a big red subscribe button. You can't miss it. Just click it and you will have done a wonderful job supporting the show, which is free every day. I don't think it's all we ask of you is just to click a couple of buttons. So thank you in advance for doing that. You're the best. Uh, All right. On today's show, which is, of course, your first listen of the day, we are digging into what the hell to make of the Eastern Conference. Now, that it seems the Nets are all happy and hunky-dory and Kevin Durant's coming back and there are no massive trades. Kevin Durant is not in fact on the Toronto Raptors or the Boston Celtics. So we're going to try to figure out the mess that will be the Eastern Conference this year now with Vivek Jacob from Raptors.com. We'll also dig into the back end roster churn and some other stuff related to the whole KD pursuit. But Big V, first off, how's it going, pal? Welcome in. It's good, man. One of my favorite
1: times of the year. We got basketball on its way back and we got the u.s Mm -hmm. open on and it's a good time it is a good time
0: It's not so bad. Uh, I, I'm honestly kind of enjoying I know some people like get real itchy for basketball in the offseason. Like, oh, need to have it. Need to have uh, all the basketball. I'm going to watch every international tournament. And I'm like, hey, I'm cool to take a little break. It's fine. I'm cool to just think about the weirdo Raptors team and not watch a ton of hoop in the offseason. But, yeah, I, I'm feeling the the itch a little bit. Once September kind of hits, usually, it's... Uh, It can't come soon enough. And, uh, yeah, we're like a month away from media day or less than that. So that's pretty exciting times. Uh, All right. Eastern Conference. Vivek, it's weird now because the Nets are apparently together. Maybe Ben Simmons is real. It exists. and is going to play basketball for this team. Kyrie Irving uh, won't be able to play in Toronto still, but he'll be able to play most everywhere else. So that's good for him. Uh, What do we make of the Eastern Conference? Now that we know Kevin Durant is staying. I think the sort of consensus wisdom before the KD decision last week was that The Celtics and Bucks are kind of your number one and two favorites with the Celtics probably having a slight edge. Uh, Then you've got your Sixers and Heat kind of as that 3-4. The Raptors comfortably sliding in there as the number five team. And then after that, you know, anyone's guess is the Hawks. Are they going to pop with, you know, DeJounte Murray and Trey Young? Are the Bulls going to find the magic again? Do the Cavs jump back up? And of course, the Nets were sitting there looking as though they were on the brink of being completely torn apart. And now that's not the case. And they go and they, you know, have Royce O'Neal now. For, forgot about that. That was a good trade, apparently. Uh, they've got uh, Yuta Watanabe, actually, that is brought in. They bring back Nick Claxton. They've got Patty Mills. Joe Harris, hopefully coming back from injury uh, for Joe Harris's sake. And then, of course, the big three of KD, Ben Simmons, Kyrie. Like, are the Nets now at no worse than like no, no worse than fifth in your sort of east hierarchy like are the raptors going to get bumped down here because the nets are bringing back this team or you know they weren't very good last year obviously lots of guys in and out of the lineup and it was a very incomplete and stop and start year for them but you know do you see any sort of potential flaws that could undo this nets team in their quest to be a top four or five team in the east
1: Do I see potential flaws that should bring down a team that has Kyrie Irving and Ben Simmons? Look, (laughs) man, the
0: thing about being a podcast host is you got to serve up meatballs. It's like we're playing three-pitch softball. Just hit this one out of the park, please. Go ahead.
1: (laughs) Yes, I see plenty of flaws with a team that has Kyrie Irving and Ben Simmons. Um, That being said, at full strength, they could be extremely dangerous. I think if you look at Kevin Durant's teams over the years, when they are healthy, generally they win over 50 games. Um, And so you look at the way this roster is constructed right now. The key losses are Bruce Brown and Andre Drummond, right? Right. And they got, as you mentioned before, TJ Warren, uh, Royce O'Neal. And so I think that fits them. A bit better uh yeah. ideally they would have got like some type of serviceable modern big to fit in and just yeah. give them that option but if
0: claxton if claxton could shoot better than like 31 percent from the line or whatever he shot last year yeah he might be that but he needs right. to hit a free throw yeah so claxton how much he's improved over the off
1: season is going to be interesting to see um but that being said again with the way things fit now uh, at their best, I would probably say they could be third behind. Mm-hmm. I, I, I see Milwaukee and Boston as the top two. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe Boston finishes one. We, we'll have to see how things shake out over the regular season. But I those are my top two. Uh, and so after that, I think it's going to be really interesting. Uh, you know, as I was looking at the teams in the East, Miami is interesting. Yep, because, you know, obviously they finished first in the East last season, and then they're linked in all these potential trades over the course of the offseason. And then now you sit back and look and it's like, well, they really did nothing. Mm -hmm. So, uh, you know, they (laughs) re-signed Dwayne Dedman and Udonis Aslam. and. <laughs> uh, Mila Barton and Victor. Ola well, it's Deepo. a good
0: thing they're uh, all their resources spent going to woo Udonis Haslam at uh six o'clock on the day free agency opened. it's good that that paid off because otherwise they'd be sitting here dead in the water, yeah. And then I, I guess you have to look at how much you know
1: the the bear was poked when Pat Riley made those comments about Kyle Lowry, yeah. He comes <laughs> back, uh, playing incredible basketball for uh the entire season obviously he dealt with some serious personal stuff last season Mm -hmm. um, and some injury stuff so if he's there all season then you would put them right back in that top four mix but if not i think with the lack of moves they could be the ones moving down a notch and so that's where i have it
0: yeah, I think for me, the Nets kind of being intact, you know, to whatever degree we can say they're intact, it, it the way it affects the Raptors is that I think it just kind of lessens the chances of a surprise home court advantage in the first round. I don't think it makes it an impossibility necessarily, but it's just, you know, the Raptors were p- projected as a number five team and they were going to need someone to fall out. Now they're probably going to need two teams to fall out. I would say on overall talent, just because they have literally Kevin Durant, I would take The Nets roster over the Raptors for this season, not long term or anything like that. But, you know, I I would say talent wise, they're in the top five now and the Raptors get bumped down to number six, in my view. But that doesn't mean that things don't happen in the regular season and that injuries take place or, you know, poor spells of play come in or whatever it might be. It, they're just going to need that from two teams now. And I, and I still think Miami is just one of the more likely candidates to do that, right? Like, I I think everything you laid out there makes a lot of sense. Losing P.J. Tucker and not replacing him feels like trouble. I also think their defense is going to take a hit because they're going to have to play Tyler Hero more. And we've seen him defend. It's not good. Uh, You know, th- there's always the possibility, like you said, of, you know, a Kyle sort of, he comes out. Imagine like a, like a rippled... Like chiseled Kyle Lowry coming out, like not even skinny Kyle from 1516, but like a weird sinewy, like muscle freak that would be <laughs> fun. Uh, <laughs> but I don't think we're going to see that. I don't know if that's in his body composition at age 36. You know, there's always the possibility you get like a Jimmy Butler, Kyle Lowry, Bam at a bio trio kind of carrying you to 50 something wins, but like it bears r- like remembering that this heat team was not exactly like a runaway one seed in the East, right? They, they won like 53 games. It was a very clustered and crowded Eastern Conference. They weren't exactly a team where it's like, oh, well, yeah, they're, they're going to carry that over and just, you know, be the clear number one seed again next season. I, I could totally see them falling down to five or six. And, you know, that might just be because they're old and they need to not play so hard through the regular season and injuries catch up. And it just is a matter of, you know, kind of surviving the regular season before the playoffs, which are what really are going to matter for that team. Um, you know, home court is important, but, you know, I, I kind of feel like the most important thing for this Heat team is going to be surviving the year. So, yeah, I, I do think there's a world in which the Raptors finish ahead of Miami. I thought that was a very real possibility before the Nets situation. I still think that's the case, but the Nets are now this wrench that you throw into it, and it's like, oh, well, that you, maybe you're staring down the barrel of a Nets-Raptors 4-5 first-round series in, like, your best-case scenario, which wouldn't be terribly thrilling, although maybe the Nets defense will be so bad that it doesn't matter. Um and we'll quickly, continue. yeah, yeah. The
1: one thing maybe we haven't touched on enough is the fact that Ben Simmons is coming back from back surgery, right? Is so, he though?
0: Like, is he playing? Do we know this? We don't know. Well, this. Yeah, if, if when I see it, back, like,
1: yeah. if he's coming back, he's coming back from back surgery, right? So, mm-hmm. what does that even look like? So, is he sure. even capable of being the player that he's been? Let alone yeah. the player that like needed to get better in yeah. certain areas of his game. So, if he is coming back and if he's looked at as being one of those defensive linchpins how reliable is he defensively now mm-hmm. after this back surgery right and i thought um you know tim mcmahon brian Windor they had an interesting discussion on the hoop collective and tim BonTEMPS as well um about how it, it could go one of two ways you could see uh the guy who comes back from back surgery and looks like dwight howard post back yeah. surgery or yeah. it could be you know, Brook Lopez, who has kind of found a way to, you know, redefine himself and be very effective.
0: Yeah, it, it's going to be fascinating. Like, they're, they're going to be a team to watch for sure out of the gate to see kind of how things coalesce early on. And yeah, I mean, there's a lot on Ben Simmons's shoulders because, you know, we mentioned the need for them to have like a center He might be that even though he's never wanted to play that position in his entire career. Uh, And maybe we're just like running up against a brick wall with our heads for the 500th time in a row, asking if he can become a center, but he's going to have to play a lot of interior defense for this team. It's just the way they're constructed. And that's a lot to heap onto a guy who hasn't played for a year and a half. Uh, We're going to continue on here and we're going to dig into, I I think uh, sort of A bit of a post-mortem on the whole Kevin Durant watch for the Raptors themselves. Uh, What did we learn? You know, how did our sort of feelings on it change over time? Uh, We'll get to that in just a second before we talk about the back end roster churn, which everybody loves to talk about and care about for sure. Definitely me. Uh, We'll get to that in one sec. But first, we have a message for you from the NHTSA. Are you one of those people who thinks it's okay to drive stoned? What's What's the worst thing that can happen, right? You end up driving below the speed limit. It's no big deal. Deal, right? Well, that's extremely wrong. The truth is your reaction time slowed way down when you're high. You not only put yourself in danger, but you put everyone around you in danger as well. Talk about a buzzkill. Stop kidding yourself. It's not okay to drive high. If you're using marijuana in any form, do not get behind the wheel. If you feel different, you drive different. Drive high. Get a DUI. Alright, we continue on your first listen of the day here, uh, you know, just sort of putting a bow on the Kevin Durant conversation that has been really the only topic of conversation the entire offseason. Thankfully, we've gotten through like two months of just like KD talk all the way. It's fantastic. We love it. So thank you, KD, for your request and making the offseason content planning a little easier. But I don't know I, i'm pretty happy it's over i'm pretty happy it's behind us and uh, we don't have to talk about it anymore <laughs> it's pretty sweet um but you know I, I do kind of think it's interesting to sort of look back at the raptors involvement of, in it all and sort of look back at what we learned and how our sort of feelings on the kd to toronto thing kind of changed over time you know i don't think anyone came into this offseason thinking that kd or any superstar was going to be on the table for the raptors i thought it was going to be the most chill offseason you've ever seen and basically in actuality in terms of actual roster moves it kind of was they brought an auto porter jr and some back-end roster guys and that was about it uh kind of what was build going in but obviously the kd thing hung over the entire offseason and you know, I'm curious, just sort of overall takeaways from the experience, things that, um, you know, you're going to sort of take away from it going forward with future star pursuits. And I guess sort of, do you think there's any lingering impact on the team from an off season of sort of weird uncertainty, even though the Raptors never seemed like the main contender for KD? Uh, I'm just sort of curious your overall thoughts on the experience now that it is in the rear view.
1: I think the biggest thing I took away is that, the Raptors feel extremely good about their current core. And yeah. so they clearly drew a line in the sand of how far they were willing to go for Kevin Durant. Yeah. And they were like, hey, take it or leave it. This yeah. is what we're willing to do. If you don't like it, we like our team a lot. <laughs> mm-hmm. So <laughs> I, I think uh, that was good to see. Um, and, you know, it sort of crystallizes a bit more what that superstar trade could potentially look at because you know, in combination with the Kawhi trade, now you look at, it's like, okay, that was obviously a home run, um, Mm -hmm. very good reasons to do that deal. And the, the front office was able to sort of separate what this situation is currently with Mm -hmm. what that was now. And it's not like, Oh, there's a superstar available. We gotta go. Mm-hmm. Get him. You know what I mean? Yeah. It, it wasn't as simple as that.
0: Yeah, I think it's been proven ten times over that the Kawhi situation is basically unique in NBA history and will probably never happen that way again. So using it as a comparison point for current Raptors trades or future Raptors trades is probably gonna be pretty foolish. Um, you know and I think I'm with you I think the sort of overall takeaway from it all is that the Raptors are in a very good place from lots of different perspectives right they have a guy in Scotty Barnes who can get them into any superstar trade conversation they want Um, you know if you're in the KD sweepstakes you're in literally any other sweepstake if some star comes along and says I want out if Giannis tomorrow says I want out of Milwaukee I'm sick of eating cheese curds uh, then you know the Raptors have a guy in Scotty Barnes who will be attractive as a potential return in that type of hypothetical pie in the sky, not going to happen trade. Um, They also are not under duress to do anything. And that's the sort of point you're making, right? Is like, yeah, if a trade makes sense for us and we're like obviously winning it, then sure. But they're not in the position where they have to just go make a deal because they're desperate. They're not the New York Knicks staring down the barrel of having to give up eight first round picks to land Donovan Mitchell, who is like the 25th best player in the NBA. That's not where they're at. And that is a pretty enviable place to be. And I guess it's just it's a nice affirmation that they're they're patient here. Right. And they're not going to sort of you know speed through this building process. And. You know, it, it does kind of open up some other questions, though, right? Like, do you think – how do you, how does your sort of view of the untouchability of guys how, – how has that changed for you over the last couple months? Like, are there guys on the team who maybe you viewed as – untouchables who have morphed into maybe less so, or uh, vice versa. Like lots of different guys have had their names thrown around. Siakam, Barnes, OG, uh, you know, Trent. It seemed like Fred kind of avoided all of it, so good for him. But, uh, you know, where are you at in terms of like the roster itself? Do we get any clues, do you think, as to how the Raptors view this core and maybe the guys who will absolutely be here long-term versus the guys that maybe you're a little bit less sure of?
1: So I personally viewed... Uh, Scotty Barnes as an untouchable, and yeah, so I'm glad that the Raptors front office sees it that way as well. Mm-hmm. That was one thing that we were able to glean from this. We don't know what a potential like Pascal plus whatever for KD uh, deal looked like, or if yeah. that offer was even made. Right. But we do know that, hey, it it became very clear that Scotty Barnes was never involved in any discussions. We don't Mm -hmm. know about that about Pascal. Right. And so uh, what would have been included with Pascal to make it feasible? I'm not sure. Um, And then the other aspect that you weigh as an organization is. You know, potentially being viewed as this franchise that is, you know, just constantly going to give away those guys that they've sort of developed in house. Sure. Um, sure. And so uh, if there was a line in the sand in terms of what they were willing to include with Pascal for that. Uh, you know, I assume there was because there's no deal made. <laughs> uh, but then that also comes down to the Nets' interest as well, right? In terms yeah, of yeah. what age group they were looking at in terms of taking players in uh, and whatnot. And then, you know, maybe this is unrelated to KD, but the one thing that maybe needs to play out, and I'm sure there will be questions uh, asked at Media Day, is uh where's OG Ananobi at? And yeah. The- How is he feeling after this entire offseason? Obviously, this was a guy who was not only (laughs) in possible KD rumors, he was in those Portland rumors earlier on, and then there was the stuff about him potentially being unhappy Mm -hmm. and all of that stuff is in there. So I'm sure there's going to be questions asked at media day and um, he will probably just have a one word answer for it and we will all have to move on. Yeah, he'll just be like, I'm good. (laughs) And that'll be that. (laughs)
0: Yeah, yeah. You know, I, I think, yeah, the OG and Gary of it all, I think are really interesting coming out of this because, you know, things go a certain way this season and, you know, maybe they do kind of become a little bit more trade focused in terms of like their their long-term outlook with the team right like i think gary in particular seems like he was thrown into every deal that that's been tossed around this offseason and for a good reason he's on a good contract and he's young and he's intriguing and all that but also he's got an option at the end of the season that he's probably going to opt out of and become a free agent and i i think you know that Kevin Durant obviously is one thing, but I think had any sort of big trade been around for the Raptors to go and pounce on this year, like Gary would have been probably one of the first guys they throw up on the table. And, you know, that's just because he's probably the sixth most important guy to the core that they have right now, and that's just how it works. But, uh, like, let me ask you this question. Do you think Gary Trent Jr. is on the opening day roster next season, like for 2023-24? Um...
1: If I had to guess right now, I would say yes.
0: Okay. Okay.
1: The reason I say this is because if you look at the history of players the Raptors um, have traded, Mm -hmm. usually they're at a point where they've realized sort of max value Mm -hmm. and the Raptors are able to reap whatever uh, they can from it. And so I I think of Norman Powell, I think of uh, DeMar DeRozan, I think of Terrence Ross, you know, those are players where it was like, okay, this is what they can kind of be at their best. And so I think with Gary Trent Jr., there's still, because he's so young, there's still a ways to go in terms of what he can be as a player. And Mm -hmm. so I would not be surprised to see him get an extension.
0: I guess my counter to that is that, maybe part of his value right now is tied to the fact that he makes 18 million bucks a year or whatever it is and his next contract is going to be more than that whether it's 25 i don't know but Like maybe there's an argument to be made that even if he is like this or a slightly better version of the player he is right now on a contract that pays him eight million more dollars a year, maybe that ends up being that this is the peak that the like right now is the peak value he's going to give to the team in relation to the contract. And I, I think I'm maybe coming more out of the idea and this is sort of tied to the Nets thing too. the Nets moving in there being five heavy hitters in the Eastern Conference as opposed to four i do wonder if maybe we get to the deadline and the raptors are getting
1: really in all this by the way
0: yeah no they're in the i think they're like the third best team they're gonna be really good like i I think they're gonna be fantastic like i don't think they're at risk of dropping out minus like an Embiid injury they're just gonna be awesome and i hate it uh (laughs) but uh like if the raptors you you get to the deadline and maybe they're like seventh or 8th they they're kind of floating around the play-in conversation i could definitely see sort of a Norm Powell trade 2.0 with Gary Trent Jr., where he's a pending free agent. They look to move him for a guy they can kick the can down the road with a little bit. Um, You know, you can only run that back so many times and find, like, for, like, replacements for your, you know, high-volume shooting guards. But I I do wonder if maybe that's in the cards here with Trent. He kind of, to me especially if OG is going to sort of be given a chance to have more of a role within the offense, which it sounds like from what Nick Nurse has said in various interviews and, you know, just the way the team construction is going forward the importance of OG to the team and trying to keep him happy, maybe that takes place and that sort of cuts into Trent's share a little bit. I could see a world in which you get to the deadline, the Raptors aren't looking like a serious contender to make a surprise conference finals run or anything, and Trent becomes the guy they move, just to sort of keep the flexibility going forward, as opposed to locking into the group. And hey, maybe it's the other way around, and Trent's amazing this season, and adds playmaking to his repertoire, and you can actually get to the rim uh, (laughs) more than once every hundred possessions or whatever it is, but I I, I I am a little bit more dubious, I think, after this offseason. And it maybe it's not even really anything that Trent did. I think it's just kind of reading the tea leaves of what's coming up in terms of money that's going out. That I, I don't know if Trent's going to be on the team. I would probably bet no on the 2023-24 opening day roster having Gary Trent Jr. on it. That wasn't really what we planned on talking about coming into today. But I think it's interesting. Any last thoughts there before we move on to some roster churn?
1: So I'll give you uh, my counter to your sure. counter. and. Yeah. For me, from the front office perspective, if they were to extend Gary Trent Jr, Mm -hmm. they would in effect, obviously, you know, there, there's going to be tax ramifications and all of that, Mm -hmm. but with the cap spike that's expected in 2025, Mm -hmm. you, I think you would be asking ownership to eat that for a year. Sure. Sure. And I don't think that's asking too much in terms of what that could mean in terms of realizing gary's potential uh again continuing to further along his progression to a point where you are able to recoup um max value i think there Mm -hmm. is more to be had with him uh and so i think that's that cap spike that's projected for 2025 is significant in that regard where his if his next contract goes to 25 mil Mm -hmm. 25 mil won't look that bad two years from now. That's true. It's very true. Yeah. It'll look pretty average, in fact.
0: (laughs) Yeah, and you would hope that uh, MLSC is all right eating the money, considering the proven cash cow that a good Raptors team is. Um I guess the Fred thing is also kind of tied into that as well. Like, what does his next contract look like? How does it all sort of piece together? Fascinating stuff. This is going to be a really interesting year for the Raptors, both on and off the floor, I think. Uh, We're going to continue on on the other side. We're going to dig into the back-end roster churn, baby. Gabe Brown, Juancho Hernan Gomez. Uh... Sfima. Hi, Luke. Sorry, buddy. Bye-bye. We hardly knew Sfee. Uh, We'll get to that in just one second. But first, just a reminder, you can go to check out Locked on NBA every single day on your favorite podcast apps and on YouTube. They're digging in five days a week to the latest goings on across the league. Lots of KD talk and uh, surely plenty of preview of the upcoming season worked in there as well. So go check out Locked at NBA wherever you get your podcasts. All right, Big V. Let's uh, round this out and dig into the back end roster churn. Of course, the 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 famous roster spots eight eighteen through twenty, which everyone is very interested in. I could not be less interested in this, but you know, there's some interesting names kind of bandied about. Svi Majluk no longer remember the Toronto Raptors. Quickly, thirty seconds. Give your eulogy for Svee's time with the Toronto Raptors. What will you remember Svi Majluk for?
1: Preseason. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yep he looked so good last preseason it was ridiculous i was like this is the seventh man hell yeah
1: (laughs) yeah yeah and then that game in indiana i believe where Mm -hmm. he came in and gave you a couple threes and played pretty well i was like okay Mm -hmm. he can do that the rest of the season that's going to be um something different that the raptors don't have on their roster Mm -hmm. wasn't the case wasn't the case. it is what it is. I, I don't think he's a a proven uh, three point sniper in the NBA. I think if you look at his numbers, the way they've broken down, uh, you know, I'm a big in terms of being a proven, uh, legit three point shooter. It, it's the above break above the break numbers for me. Yeah, not so much the corner numbers. I and mean, if you look at his above the break numbers in his time in the NBA, they haven't really been up there to be regarded
0: uh, with the reputation that he seems to have. He's uh, had one chunk of one season where he shot well from 3 with Detroit. Yeah. That's it. Like he's been a bad shooter for most of his career. Yeah.
1: yeah. So uh I I don't think he deserves the reputation that he has. Um and you know that that's what played out last season and the, that's why he, he's getting cut now. But from uh, a beyond basketball perspective, he's representing Ukraine right now. Uh, yeah. And I hope that, you know, he's able to find some sort of escape through basketball because uh, obviously that country is going through hell.
0: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. That was always sort of the the difficult thing in trying to, like, uh, you know, pick apart Svi's game last year. Is Oh, well, there's far more important things surely going on for Svi than uh, the basketball season at hand. And, um, yeah, certainly hope that he's able to sort of land somewhere else. Never had a problem with Svi. He never sort of agitated or got, like, upset at a lack of role or anything like that. He seemed like a good sort of... He went down to the G League voluntarily one Mm -hmm. game. Like, you know, he seemed like a... A pretty sort of happy camper that's you know, another thing the, i remember yeah the like 40, 40 in the g-league game right yeah <laughs> um yeah so he, the, the the stanley johnson memorial one game raptors going down kicking ass in the g-league game um so yeah it, it, you know tough stuff for speed but not terribly surprising i would say that he is uh not going to be on the team this coming season Maybe a little bit because he had a guaranteed deal, but they gave a guaranteed deal to Wancho Hernan Gomez too, and it seemed like they were destined to have to cut one guy on a guaranteed deal and eat the money for that. They might have to cut two. That leaves us now, Big V. There's 19 roster spots filled, 20 going into camp, uh, so there's one uh, empty one to fill. I I guess I I missed this while I was on vacation. Something about Scotty Barnes referring to Jarrett Culver as like a future Raptor or something. I don't... uh, Maybe... Okay. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Look, Jared Culver. I'm sure is a very nice guy. He's not going to make the Toronto Raptors this coming season. Nor are most of the players who are going to be in this back end, you know, battle for spot. Um, You know, there's, I I guess, Jalen Harris. Everyone's still very excited about Jalen Harris, the guy who averaged more turnovers than assists and shot 29% from three in the CEBL while not being the best player on his own team. Yeah, sure. Uh, Let's do Jalen Harris, too. Uh, Like, the way he got booted from the league sucked. It was terrible, very unfair. uh, But he's just not an NBA player, I don't think. And that's fine. Um, But either way, do you kind of view the roster battle going into camp as kind of boring uh, and, and, like, almost sort of, solidified in a way I know that Justin Champagne and Delano Banton get thrown into oh there's six guys fighting for three spots conversation because they're not on guaranteed deals I'd be flabbergasted if Champagne and Banton don't make this team considering what they invested in them in the G League last year like they're gonna be on the team I'd be totally blown away if they're not which leaves the Raptors with one roster spot on the main 15-man crew. Of course, Doughton and Ron Harper Jr. are the two-way guys as of right now, uh, and those will be battled out, Be you know, four between Gabe Brown, who they just brought in, uh, of course, DJ Wilson, Juancho Hernan Gomez, that's kind of the trio, and then whoever they bring in as the, the 20th guy. Um, do you have a terribly strong opinion on who you think will make that final spot? bears remembering this is the off season we're talking about the 15th roster spot we will not be talking about the 15th (laughs) roster spot in season nobody plays in a 15th roster spot it's garbage time it's all it is so this is not really all that relevant to the successes of the raptors this coming season of course you want to take flyers on guys who can maybe become more but do you have sort of a a favorite in the race to be the 15th man on this year's toronto raptors among the crew that's currently on its way to camp
1: If I had to pick a favorite, I would pick DJ Wilson, just because of uh, the time that he's already spent with the organization. The fact that even after he got injured, they maintained ties with him and kept that level of interest and then brought him Mm -hmm. back for Summer League. So there is obviously uh, an interest in what he brings to the team and the way he fits in. Uh, The camp battle, I do expect that to be intense between him and uh Bo Cruz, I think that <laughs> Wancho is going to have to obviously have an amazing camp. I think that's mm-hmm. the challenge uh, to Wancho. It's like, hey, can you absolutely blow this thing out of the water where we're like, oh, we got to change our mind. I think mm-hmm. that will probably be the mindset going into camp. And if he can do it, you know, get that hashtag Bo Challenge going. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I think it would be a fun time. But,
0: you know, we'll see what Stanley Sugarman's influence is. I think I'm rooting for Bo not to make the team. I keep calling him Bo. His name's Wancho. I keep rooting (laughs) him for for him not to make the team because the jokes are going to be terrible all season long. (laughs) People have already run out of Bo Cruz jokes to make, and he hasn't even suited up for the team yet. Mm. Uh, So nothing against Wancho. I thought he was fantastic in hustle, but I I don't think I can do the Bo Cruz circus all year long. Um, I am growing ever more intrigued by Gabe Brown as the 15th guy. 6'7 wing, shot near 40% from three at school, like major conference team. I don't know. I, I, I Color me intrigued. I, you know, he, he was like there playing at the Rico Hines runs and stuff too, which I guess every Toronto Raptor in existence was, so good for them. Um, he seems like the kind of, – he seems very Raptors-y, you know, like a 6'7 wing dude. That 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 Yeah, that, that checks out. Wilson, I just – I'm less sure on Wilson than I think most people are just because he – Like, there's a lot of positional overlap for him, right? Like, when is he ever going to play?
1: And when does that spot the Raptors?
0: (laughs) That's true. Um, But, like, they already don't really have centers that they like, they don't really run out traditional centers. And Precious Achu is going to play a lot of minutes. I would assume Kem Birch is going to be the go-to backup. Chris Boucher is going to play a lot of the five. I would guess Thad Young is going to play a lot at the five. I would, best, I would guess Pascal and Scotty will play a lot of the five. And I don't think DJ Wilson is anything but a five. He doesn't really have that positional versatility that some of these other guys do, where you can throw him out in a lineup and say, yeah, DJ Wilson's the shooting guard. Sure. It's just not going to work. So... I'm a little bit worried about him just kind of not having a niche to fill on this team, whereas a guy like Gabe Brown, you can slide him between the two and the four, probably. Um, you know, Even Wancho, you can kind of slide between a couple of spots, even though I don't think he can really defend anything but the five. Um, and even then, you're asking Wancho Hernan Gomez to play five, which, I don't know, something's gone horribly wrong, if that's the case. So just, I think because they are so crowded in that sort of four-five area of the roster, I kind of might give the edge to Gabe Brown right now and again they'll he'll play three games uh an average nine minutes uh or whatever <laughs> be but um yeah any last parting shots here on the end of the roster anyone you'd like to see the raptors go target to, as that last camp invite to blow this whole thing open and change the race for the 15th spot uh, all
1: no i mean i'd be I, i'd be fine with them just going in as is yeah uh, don't know that they necessarily need to add one to the mix, but you know, this is an organization that dots its eyes and crosses its T's. So if they have a mm-hmm. chance to look at a player, they'll probably do it. And you know, the, at the very least you build some kind of relationship with someone who yeah. could potentially figure in down the line or nine Oh five, who knows what the deal might sure. be. Right. So, uh, yeah, I think we have a pretty good idea of what the 14 is going to be, uh, as you said that 15th spot is not going to (laughs) be make or break for the Raptors. (laughs) Um, And frankly, while they, while, while they will be in BC, I will be in India. So
0: (laughs) yeah, go ahead and figure it out. Look, man, I, I don't think you're going to be missing out on much of a camp battle this year. You know, it's not who's going to start between Pascal and OG next to Kawhi. Like, that was a cool camp battle. <laughs> not so much going on this year. But we'll keep you posted all throughout anyway and still uh, conjure up takes because that's what we do here, baby. We are part of the Take Industrial Complex, and we are going to bring you those takes as much as we can. Um, A couple more weeks that will be down at three a week, and then we'll move back to five a week very, very shortly as we get closer to camp, so you have that to look forward to. Uh, We have two more episodes to go this week as well, as we're going to drop a mailbag, uh, I think, probably tomorrow, so get your questions in. Uh, You can submit questions in the comments below if you're still watching the video at this point on YouTube, or I'll put out the call on Twitter a little bit later on today, and you can uh, drop your questions in there, and uh, that will do it anything you'd like to promote right now, Big V, before we get out of here?
1: Usual stuff. Raptors.com, Complex Canada, uh, CBC Sports. And so, I did write about Christian Coloco. Uh, That story went up yesterday. They signed him
0: finally. The pandemonium can end. Oh my goodness. What are they going to do? Why haven't they signed Christian Coloco? Oh my God. It's fine.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So, that story has just been sitting in the drafts for a month (laughs) and it's out now so you can read it. Probably Excellent. reads a, a bit dated, but <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it this is would what it is.
0: Referencing news events from July, which, God, I couldn't <laughs> even tell you. Uh, we're going to wrap it there. Thank you very much to Big V for hopping on. As always, uh, thank you for listening and making us your first listen of the day. Please go subscribe, follow, rate, and review on your favorite podcast apps or on YouTube. It's much appreciated when you do that. Uh, and go make your second listen of the day, Locked on Blue Jays, as... The weekend was not so good against the Angels, but they did pick up a nice win last night in extra innings over the Cubs. Danny Jansen coming through. Go listen to Ben and Matt over on Locked on Blue Jays as they take you through the season as the stretch drive is very, very much upon us and it's stressing me out very, very deeply. Uh, We'll wrap it there. Thank you very much. We'll talk to you Wednesday with another episode of Locked on Raptors. (laughs) Bye-bye.